What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to B2B Made Simple, uh, a marketing podcast for marketing pros and even people that want to learn. Um, and we're going to learn from someone really cool today. His name is James Furbush. He's the head of marketing at Q Squared. James, good to have you here, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, Sam. Big fan of the show. So it's, uh, it's kind of a treat for me. Yeah, this is awesome. We're going to dig some stuff out of you. I'm sure that's going to be really actionable and uh, excited to see where we go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to start off, um, if you had, you sat down on the couch tonight with your wife and your kids, maybe it was just your wife, are yeah. you going TV or a TV show or are you going movie? Uh, I go whatever my wife wants. Um, to be, if you got to choose, if you got, yeah, to, if choose, got to choose, it was, it was your night with a remote. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I, I probably would go, I probably go TV. Um, I, I like the, I like the kind of the, the, the Netflix, the extended, yeah. um, you know, shows that you can kind of just like blast, blast through, um, so yeah, I'll go TV. I am definitely in the TV show camp as well. Uh, it, for some reason, I've, I've said it a couple times, but a movie is just too much of a commitment for me. It's more of a special occasion. Like I'm going to sit down for two hours, but TV show, 20 minutes of the office. And it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> I, I feel bad too. Cause yeah, I, I, my attention span, it's like, yeah, just especially this past year has been terrible. And so, yeah. um, yeah, anything that I can kind of like zone out to at the end of the day, um, sports would probably be best. Although uh, I'm a Celtics fan and they look miserable right now, um, <laughs> so maybe not sports tonight, huh? <laughs> so maybe not sports, but um, yeah, anything like yeah, The Office, uh, Parks and Rec, anything you can kind of just like zone Man, out you, to. You you have my taste right there. That's I didn't know this about you, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good, good, awesome, good that I passed, passed that test. You, you passed the TV show test. Cool. Um, let's see if you pass the marketing test. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, not, yeah. no, I wanna, I'm sure you're going to do awesome. So let's hop right in. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about like tactical trends sure. that marketers are following because everyone else is, right? It's just sure. what comes down the pipe. It, maybe it's talked about at an event and it's the next best thing. Um, do you see any right now? Uh, we're in the, what is it? Q2 of 2021. Sure. Um, yeah. Are we there? Yeah, we are Q2 now, right? Uh, should we avoid them one or should we embrace them? So go ahead. And if you have any that come to mind, I'd love to hear what you're seeing. Yeah. I mean, so th I, th I think like this is the hard thing about being a marketer too, right? Where um, you almost have to have your, you got to be attuned to like trying new things, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. Um, cause oftentimes that's where a lot of the opportunity is. Um, and, um, 
And so it's hard not to sort of jump on the bandwagon if someone is like, hey, like LinkedIn conversational ads are really working for us. You know, on the one hand, you have to kind of be like, oh, what is what is this thing? So you have to be attuned to like pick up on that this could be a channel or a tactic that's worthwhile and, and try. Um, you know, at the same time, it does feel like, uh, you know, everyone is like, we always talk about like the new playbook and writing the playbook and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like sometimes, um, you know, it's like, got to get like a chat bot on your website, because uh, <laughs> everyone else has it. And, um, you know, obviously like podcasting, uh, it's like everyone's starting to do that now, which, which obviously it works, right? Um, mm mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I think there's, um, for marketers, when you're, when you're a little bit plugged in, yeah, you can definitely fall trapped to the, um, like I've got to, I've got to do this thing. Um, like I was talking to a, a marketer who works in, um, she's in, uh, pharmaceuticals and mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, we got to get a chat bot. And she's like, but we can't really, cause of like HIPAA violations and, and certain things. And it's like, all right, well you like might not actually need a chat bot. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It might not work for you. And so I think, um, honestly, the best thing that you can do is, is ha- like have your strategy because it's like, if you know your strategy, then you can kind of figure out whether or not some of these like new things are, are worth doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to just sort of trying to replicate stuff that everybody else is doing because everyone's doing it and you think like you should be doing it too. It's like maybe like influencer marketing is not going to like work for you. And so like, Mm -hmm. maybe like you don't want to necessarily go down that rabbit hole um, just because like it's the new hotness. Mm -hmm. You know, that brings up an interesting point because influencer marketing, I think there's been a couple of different terms thrown around for what they're going to do in B2B. Right. And for us, I'm like, I always look at like, could this work for us? Because I'm always trying to innovate, right? And obviously we're like a service provider, so it's different than a SaaS tool. And I'm just like, it seems great to do the influencer marketing um, in a way, but I'm not sure it would work for us as opposed to like a SaaS tool where it's like they're using on a daily basis. Like a website is a lot of times like one and done, sometimes they'll move on to a different agency, things like that. And it's like, it might not be for us, but guess what is working? A podcast in LinkedIn LinkedIn organic, right? And that's what I'm sticking to. And the thing is, I, what's funny is last year, this time I heard someone say, Hey, you, if you're in B2B, check out posting on LinkedIn. And it wasn't something I jumped into immediately, but I just kind of like tested the waters and saw what others were doing. And then finally went full fledged. Um, so you don't have to commit immediately, right? No, I mean, and, and certainly, you know, for you and, and I'm sure, um, right. It like works, right. I mean, like, I think we got connected on LinkedIn. It's like, I listen to your podcast mm-hmm. when I thought maybe I needed some help with a website. It was like, you were like one of the first people I reached out to just because, mm-hmm. um, I like knew you were, I knew how you think about things in marketing from the podcast. And I'm like, well, Sam could be a good resource. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, you definitely want to have, um, it's almost like you want to have like some bandwidth or budget to, um, 
experiment, I suppose, for lack of a better mm-hmm. um, word or, or innovate, however you want to want to say it. Um, because like the opposite, it's like if you never do anything and you're like, yeah, we're just sending emails that no one opens and we're just <laughs> doing blogs that no one reads and we're posting on our brand account um, on LinkedIn, for instance, or Facebook, whatever it is. Um, right. It's like, you know, like the power of LinkedIn is not necessarily on the brand, but it's like every brand who does LinkedIn well, it's because all of their employees are active on LinkedIn and you can't Mm -hmm. go more than a day without having gong in your face or (laughs) drift or, um, or whoever it is. Um, and, and so you gotta have room to, 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 like you said, to, to like, okay, is LinkedIn organic going to like work? Should I Mm -hmm. try that? Is a podcast going to work? Should I try it? You know, building a private Slack community, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But mm-hmm. um, I think part of being a good marketer is you, you have to be able to have devote some time to, to being able to, to try those things to see, okay, what's what's the value we can get out of it? Can we get results? Is it going to work for us? Um, and, and if not, I mean, then just move on to the next thing, right? It's like... Yeah, absolutely. And it's okay to cut cut your losses because a lot of times let's say for example you did an 80 20 rule 80 percent of budget goes to what you're working on now 20 percent goes to let's try anything it was already allocated outside of your main budget so when you cut your losses of course it might be a loss in cash but you put it to the side for that anyway and maybe it will pop off right well that's the thing right it's it's um that's exactly it. I mean, I think um, having some of that 20 or whatever that allocation is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, doing like direct mail. I mean, that's the thing with like marketing, I think, is that you never know <laughs> like what's actually going to work. Right. I mean, um, and it, it could be that, yeah, like the direct mail piece is a thing that like got someone's attention and, and brought them. But if you never do direct mail or try it, um, you'll never know if that channel actually, uh, works or is, is worth like more investment into it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to, I think, um, especially this day and age where it's like, I mean, going back to like attention spans and short attention spans, it's like, is someone on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? Like, I feel like attention spans are, um, all over the place and it's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's kind of what's fun about marketing, but also one of the biggest challenges is like, how do you actually get someone's attention and then keep their attention until they're uh, potentially ready to buy? Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys running any experiments right now at Q squared or allocate, even if it's like a small percentage toward anything or you Dude. guys like head down? So, I mean, to just give you some context, uh, mm-hmm. we are complete, um, block and tackle stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so I've, I started probably like six weeks ago to two, maybe two months ago by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like no marketing. I mean, I am like marketing hire number one. And so mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is like setting up a blog and like figuring out, um, things like lists and, you know, um, honestly, it's like setting up a lot of our, our marketing, um, infrastructure and getting kind of all that stuff in place. 
Um, and yeah, certainly, you know, we, we will be right. So, um, you know, we're going to start kind of testing the waters on some paid spend and, and probably, mm-hmm. um, LinkedIn, um, in mail and, and things like that. Um, we're starting to put together a podcast. And so, um, yeah, we're, you know, sadly, we're not quite at that place yet where I don't think there's anything wrong with that though. At least you guys have identified what the focus needs to be because the experiments could be a distraction, whether they pop off or not from what actually needs to be done at the stage you guys are at. I think so. I mean, that's, um, you know, there's, so much that we need to do like from i think just like locking in our kind of messaging and our our story um Mm -hmm. and and like even just stuff like that it's like why us versus our competitors and and things like that and like how we differentiate and and tell that story um and so yeah for me it's it's a little bit like you know kind of the crawl run crawl walk run right like Mm -hmm we're definitely in the, in the crawl phase right now. And there's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it's like, if you don't have a blog and you're not publishing and then you have like nothing to push on social, Mm -hmm. it's like, you got to kind of build all of that engine so that, you know, you can start to then do some experiments and, and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think you're in a, we'll get there. Yeah, for sure. I think you're in a really unique position being, the first marketing hire at a SaaS company, obviously early stage. Um, So you get to kind of start from scratch. Um, What are some things that you've learned? I'm I'm sure there are early stage companies listening to this that might have one or two marketers that are new to the team. I'm curious to know, what have you learned so far? Um, I mean, so the, the big thing, I mean, for me is I just, I will never take for granted uh, you know, like when you work at a big company, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's both good and bad, but I mean, having a lot of, uh, like that infrastructure and stuff already in place, you know, it's like you get a job at a thing. It's like, okay, great. You're doing the, you're the emails or you're running the blog or whatever it is you're doing in marketing. It's like a lot of times, like a lot of that stuff's like already in place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm building the airplane, like as it's flying off the cliff, <laughs> you know, like Indiana Jones fun. when he, he jumps out in Temple of Doom and he's got to like inflate the raft, like as he's falling. Um, it feels a little bit like that. And, and so for me, it's, it's, um, you know, I just learned that like, uh, you know, something kind of good, um, good lesson I learned the other day is like, I'm redoing the, uh, sales pitch deck. Right. So, um, and there was the, the existing pitch deck was fine, but like it was created by a sales guy and it was, it was a lot of like words with bullet mm-hmm. points and, and whatever. Um, and so I'm kind of working with a, a designer that I know to kind of overhaul that. And, um, so I like wanted to show it to the sales guys to just be like, Hey, like, this is something I'm working on for you. Um, and so I kind of showed it to them and they got mm-hmm. really excited, but then they're like, all right, great. Like we're going to start using that now. Like, and it's like, no, it's not ready to be used yet. And, um, so for me, that was a good lesson to learn. Like, um, especially in a startup that is needs marketing resources. It's, uh, 
yeah, sales guys don't understand work in progress. And yeah. so, um, you know, that was a good lesson for me to, to be like, well, maybe I should have waited till it was like a little bit closer to the finish line. Mm -hmm. Cause like we still mm -hmm. have some like changes to, to iron out and stuff like that. Um, and so I think, you know, for a startup, yeah, it's, it's the amount of it, not, I don't want to say impatience. That's not like the right word, but, um, it's like, everything is now, right. It's like, now, mm -hmm. now. Yeah. um, and so that's just a good lesson to learn. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, and it's all on me too, right? Like there, there's no one else I can blame if like uh, stuff is yeah. done in marketing. So. Right. <laughs> um, it sounds like obviously the organization was pretty solidified. Um, and that means it was most likely 100% sales led because you're the, the first marketing hire. I mean, could be right, could be wrong, right? Yeah, um, no, I mean, that's exactly it. I think we're, you know, I think we're 15 people in the company mm -hmm. and it's mostly like half of that's probably dev talent. And then, yeah. um, then everyone else is probably senior leadership, the founders mm -hmm. sales and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that being said, what has it been like for you coming into an organization? I don't want to say that doesn't value marketing because obviously they do. You're yeah. here now. Um, but maybe didn't in the past or, notice that, Hey, this is something we need to do. We can't rely on outbound or whatever it was that they yeah. were doing before. Um, so, so sorry. Can you <laughs> repeat that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What has it been like for you, um, coming into an organization that values sales, at least in the past over marketing? Yeah. I mean, I, so it's a little bit scary, uh, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, and not in a bad way, but like in a, in an exciting way, I think. Right. Um, cause I think they do like our, they value marketing very much and they're like mm -hmm. thirsty for like marketing support and help. Um, and so for me, it's just been exciting because, um, you know, they're all looking to me. Right. And, and so, um, and that's from everything from like a, a messaging, um, building customer relationships, uh, mm -hmm. putting technology in place. They're like, okay, like, how do we send emails? Like what, like, how do we do that? Um, and so they're, they're all kind of looking to me, um, to help build those relationships, uh, help educate them, get them better on LinkedIn. I think they're all really excited, but, um, you know, getting them, educated that okay it's not don't just share our stuff like you gotta mm -hmm. add value to your network yeah. the stuff that you know um and so it's it's i say scary because it's just like it's a lot you realize like mm -hmm. how much actually goes into um when you're a team of one and you're you know you're the marketing ops person you're the content person you're the product marketer you know person um and then all of these people are looking to you. Um, it's, I, it's thrilling, frankly, um, mm -hmm. in a way that I, I didn't really anticipate. Yeah. It's a very unique situation. It sounds like, um, I'm curious because this has never been talked about on the show when it comes to, Hey, I'm, I'm brand new to this company. I have a background in marketing, but I'm almost like an outsourced marketing guy that's coming in and teaching them, but you're on, salary, right? So you're on the team, you're yeah. an employee. Um, so I'm curious, what were like the first three things that you did? Because a lot of marketers, they're coming into an, 
marketing ops team or a marketing team that's already solidified, maybe they come in and change a few things, but you're starting from scratch. Yeah. Where did you start? Um, I mean, so yeah. Um, so the, the big thing was, um, you know, after getting like the lay of the land of like who's who and, and whatever, um, I, frankly, it was like getting uh, inner customer calls set up. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the big thing for me was to um, almost immediately be able to like set up Zoom calls just like this with our customers to kind of really pick their brain on. Mm-hmm what are your challenges? Why did you pick us? You know, um, kind of do a little bit of that sort of like win loss analysis, um, in some ways, but, but honestly, just to kind of hear from them, um, that was the first thing. Um, the big thing just to help me kind of wrap around, um, how our product fits into their life and hear it in their own words. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to hear it from, um, a sales guy or whatever that might be like, here's why they love our product or here's what we do. It's entirely different when you're um, talking to your actual customer. Um, and so that was, that's been one of the big things for me. Um, the other big thing has just been um, I really getting a handle on what assets had already been created and, and were being used um, mm-hmm. and like overhauling all of that Um in some ways, so it's it's looking at um, okay, what customer stories do we have? Which ones do we need? Um, you know, the sales pitch deck. Okay, let me see. You guys do it. Run me through. You know how you're doing this. This, um, and so really, it was kind of just doing a, a big audit um, mm-hmm. of of kind of all of our assets and all of that stuff, and then starting to just take them down one by one, um, overhaul all of that stuff, and then. I mean, honestly, with that, I'm still in that process. Um, but then concurrent with that, it's like um, setting up HubSpot. So just doing kind of the, um, you know, for now, um, I think they've got enough tools that I can <laughs> leverage um, mm-hmm. instead of trying to cobble together 50 different tools Yeah. since it's just me. Um, and so just because honestly, I'm like, well, how's our website performing? Like, are we getting mm-hmm. traffic? And it's like, we don't even have Google Analytics set up. Or yeah. We don't have any visibility into like um, how those things are performing. So trying to get some visibility so that, you know, as we start blogging and doing social and as we're doing all these things um, that you typically do in marketing, it's like, okay, now we can kind of do some benchmarking, kind of see how mm-hmm. we're doing and perform and get better at it um, and stuff like that. But but yeah, the big thing was honestly customer calls. Um and, and content audit have been the two, the two biggest things that um, I just were the most important to kind of start out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds so simple, but it's genius to even start with that. Because if, if someone were coming into a company and they're brand new to marketing, the first thing I would think they would want to do would, well, we need to make sure our positioning and our messaging work. But how do you get those words? It's by talking to the customer and actually getting a feel. Um, so why did, why was that the first thing you did just talking to customers? Did you have an agenda behind it or just open conversation? Um, yeah, it's a little bit open conversation. Um, you know, cause part of it is, um, as you know, probably 
like a startup, um, a lot of that initial positioning messaging is done probably by the founders, right? Mm -hmm. um, or yeah. like kind of the early people who create the product and all that. It's like, here's, um, here's like the value that we bring to the table, we think, and, and stuff like that. And, and I think, you know, to their credit, they've done a really good job initially with that. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of that is still probably based on assumptions or their phone calls and stuff like that. So for me, it was really, I just wanted to be able to dial that in, right? Cause it's like our website needs work <laughs> and it, it, the messaging, you know, we're, we're gonna need to like overhaul that. And I don't wanna just do it blindly. It's like, I wanna hear from someone who is using our product. Um, what is the value that we deliver to them? And, and how do we do it, you know, because when you talk to them, you hear their words, you hear how they think about it, um, and and you get all of that information. And so I I just think it was just critical, right? It's it's like a lot of companies, marketers, you come in, and it's like you, sometimes you never even talk to the customers depending on the size of the organization or who is the gatekeeper, right? It's like, is it sales? Is it account management? Um, and so it's, you just come in and you start sending emails and do whatever it is that you're doing. And you're doing it based on maybe what the person next to you says, right? Oh, this is how we message, or this is how we do that. Um, and I, but I think hearing from customers in their own words is um, it's, it's just the, I think it's just like the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. it, it just gives you so much, um, you know, you want to know where they hang out, where are they consuming content? Um, any of that stuff, right? It's like, you, you want all of that. Like, are they on social? Maybe my audience isn't on LinkedIn. Maybe they're somewhere else. Like maybe they mm -hmm. read trade, um, trade magazines still. Um, and so I just think hearing it from them and, and getting that information is, it's, I don't know why anyone would not want to start with that. Mm -hmm. Super smart. Um, what was something you were surprised by, if anything, when you started talking to customers? Was it where they consume content? Maybe they didn't understand your brand. Maybe they weren't using your product in the way you thought they were. Was there anything that bubbled to the top? Um, I mean, so we have like a really interesting product, which is... Um, so I can give you a little background just for, for context, but mm -hmm. um, our product, so we do uh, patient payments, right? So if you go to the doctor, you get a bill, that bill comes in the mail. It's probably usually like a paper statement and it's like, I don't know where my checkbook is. So what we do is we allow um, hospitals and health systems to send their bills via text message. So the patient mm -hmm. gets it and they can pay their bill via text message. Mm -hmm. um, but on the user side for the hospital health system, it's actually fully automated. There's literally nothing like there's no software that they can use. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, and, and so for me, um, I think just that was kind of enlightening, um, hearing how they have a way to like automate like a workflow or something that's like very manual previously. And now they've got this sort of like automated thing, how much easier that makes their lives. Um, but the biggest and surprising thing is, is just how painful the problem that we solve is, mm. um, for them. 
Um, and so just being able to hear from a lot of these people across the board about how difficult that problem is and, and there really aren't a ton of great solutions on the market. And, um, and so that I think to me, um, was surprising, um, because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like I'm, um, like, it feels like one of those things that like people should have already been solving like Mm -hmm. for them in some ways. Um, and so to hear that it's still a challenge, um, is great for me. And so that was surprising, but also, you know, I think pretty exciting as well. Um, It's solidified that you guys really are helping with them, helping them with something that they needed help with. Um, you know, I'm curious, you talked to the customers initially, is that something you're going to be doing on a monthly, quarterly, yearly basis? Or was that one and done? What's your philosophy on continuing those conversations? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, my hope is just ongoing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great now, too, is like, I mean, the, the best thing is, um, you know, you can record it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And most of them are pretty okay with it. It's like, hey, can I record yeah. this? Um, and now I, I will have like a library, right? So we, I've got mm-hmm. this library that's like customer interviews and I could just easily like Nova health, you know, May, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like anyone who comes onto the company, it's like now they're going to have a library of True. these recorded, um, interviews. And so my hope is yeah to do it, um, ongoing, you know, monthly, um, monthly basis as we add new customers, um, you know, start to do that process with them. Um, and I think it's great cause it's also like relationship building in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, and that opens up to, you know, customer testimonials and quotes and logos on the website and, and all yeah. that sort of social proof that you need, um, is going to lead to that. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, fully planned to have it as an, an ongoing, uh, ongoing thing. I mean, it should be as for every marketer. I mean, it should be like, uh, as part and parcel of your job should be like mm-hmm. regular ongoing, uh, calls with your customers. So true. I definitely agree with that. Um, what did it look like when you reached out? Like, did you email them, call them? Did you have a template? Like how hard was that to get them on the phone with you? Not, not too hard. I mean, part of it, right. It's, it's like, so for, for us, we're still a small company. We've got, I think 25 customers, uh, right now at the moment. Um, and so honestly, it's, it's really just like figuring out who in our company, um, owns that relationship to the customer. Okay. And so a lot of times it's, it's still, um, someone on sales. So we don't have account management, for instance, we don't have like a customer success team. So Mm -hmm. our sales teams are still also, I mean, they, they make the sale and now they're also still in some ways account management. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's just honestly talking to them and being like, Hey, can you make a warm introduction to me? And they're like, absolutely. And, and so then like, so it makes it a little bit easier on my end because it's, it's, um, I'm already primed for success. It's like, they're making the warm introduction. They're saying who I am. And then I can take it from there. And and most of the time it's as easy as sending them my HubSpot meeting link. And I'm like, just grab time on my calendar. It's convenient for you. And they do. Um, And so what I would say for any marketer um, who wants to do customer calls, it's like, 
there's always someone at the organization who is the owns a relationship and it is the gatekeeper. Sometimes it's sales, sometimes it's account management, customer success, whoever that is. But often there will be someone, if you dig deep enough, who has a good relationship and can do that warm introduction on your behalf. And once you get that warm intro, it's like that you're already primed for, for them to say yes and, and mm -hmm. um, make that uh, call super easy to set up. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing some insights on that. Um, cool. Well, let's go ahead and shift to the final phase of our agenda here, which is, I don't know if you've ever done this, but we're going to make you the podcast host yeah, and nice. you get to pick my brain on whatever it is you want to ask. So is there anything that comes to mind for you yeah. um, that you want to ask me? I do, well, so, I mean, one of the things that I, um, I think admire about you um, is, I mean, you guys are, you started your company with your dad, right? So it's a little mm -hmm. bit of like a family business. You're in Elmira, New York, mm -hmm. uh, which I went to Syracuse. So like big. Uh, Probably you of, and three people listening to this have ever heard of Elmira. So <laughs> what's, yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> I think one of my, my first girlfriends in college was from Elmira. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I'm curious for you, right. Cause we're kind of, I'm, I'm a small company limited marketing resources. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from you. Like, how do you, um, strategically compete with other bigger companies in your space that maybe are in New York or Boston or some big city with, you know, they probably have a team of, you know, 20 marketers and mm -hmm. tons of budget. And, and so I would love to hear from you, like, how do you, um, how do you guys as a company, you know, strategically compete against, um, you know, companies that, that maybe have better resources than you. Mm -hmm. um, what immediately comes to mind is I am a hundred percent focused on the long term, So I'm okay with things taking a while. For example, LinkedIn organic yeah. and a podcast, both take incredible patience, right? Um, which I'm sure you have experienced. Uh, the second thing is it's not easy for one, um, is there's not a SaaS company within an, two hours of here. Maybe Rochester is probably the closest probably, or yeah. maybe probably. Albany or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So there's no one around here. So it, it makes it tough. But one thing that definitely I have noticed is we're hundred percent remote, which I guess pretty much every agency is now or has been for the last year. But one thing I hear from customers is with you, I know we're not paying for the experience of being flown in to this massive yeah. office, paying 200 K for a website that should have cost 50 just because we're helping pay for the overhead. I've actually heard that from customers. Um, so I think that is, yeah, I think that's a massive opportunity yeah. for us. Um, the second thing is off the top of my head, I know three development agencies, may, maybe two that are actively building a brand on LinkedIn with organic content. I do not know many. Um, maybe I'm not seeing them. Maybe that's the case. All right. So we are winning long before people are going to Google to one search for a website. You said it yourself. I know we had talked about possibly doing work. Um, you remembered me from posts. 
So yeah. we're trying to win there from a podcast. So we're looking at the long-term brand play more than anything. And I think that a lot of agencies are, are sleeping on it. Um, actually, I just thought of a third website agency that that's doing a really good job on LinkedIn. Um, I know three, right. And, uh, I think very, very little. Yeah. Very, very little. I think they're kind of behind the curve. They're still um, doing these top of funnel blog posts. Again, nothing wrong with that. They're trying to focus on SEO. And I just think the buying pattern of, especially in the SaaS world where it's, it's not a cheap website is changing. It's going from word of mouth. It's going, uh, you're yeah. getting inbound from who's heard of your brand and you're getting it from who actually listens to your content, who likes it. Um, I don't think many people are just going and searching website development. Um, very rarely do I find that in the SaaS world. I mean, yeah, I feel like word of mouth. I mean, cause, cause again, uh, you know, it, being a marketer too, it, it's like, I get all these like cold out, you know, uh, emails from like whatever agency or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like automatic delete. I don't know who you are. Like yeah. delete. Um, and I just feel like, you know, when you're plugged into this world of however many marketers, right? Um, oftentimes it's like, hey, I love your website. Who'd you use? Mm -hmm. You know, uh -huh. and it's like, well, we did it in Webflow where we hired Sam or you did whatever. And so, yeah, I feel like that word of mouth component um, and, and having such a, a strong LinkedIn presence like you do uh, makes it so much easier. It's, it's mm -hmm. just like... Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. I mean, it, it's crazy to me that mo more agencies don't like leverage uh, LinkedIn more. Um, they probably will maybe a year from now, but yeah, I'm going to be when it's too late. <laughs> I'm going to be two years ahead of them. Yeah. I've been doing it for a year. Went from a thousand seven hundred followers to twelve thousand right that's in a year. Crazy. And I know that's like a super vanity metric, but it's going to be harder for people to do that down the road as the platform matures. It's just, it's how it is. I mean, I, I would think, yeah, right now it's like the the big land grab in some ways. And mm -hmm. uh, eventually, yeah, LinkedIn, like every other thing, will turn that off when it's monetarily convenient for them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And by then it'll be too late for other people. It's true. Absolutely. Um, that's awesome. Well, so then, all right. Uh, cause one of the things that it's great that you kind of talked about that, cause I think you do LinkedIn and kind of the podcast really well and, and they, I think both feed each other really well. Mm -hmm. So what advice, um, would you give someone say like myself who's, mm -hmm. um, in the early stages of, of putting together basically a podcast first content strategy, um, like what, what advice or what have you learned, um, from the past year of, of doing both of those things? Mm -hmm. Um, if you are going, so there's a couple of different directions you can go with a podcast you can do where you have guests on your show and they're ideal buyers. You get to yeah. do what you're talking about, which is connect with maybe past clients or clients and just learn the language. Um, maybe they'll remember you down the road, etc. The second option is you form of podcast around thought leadership. Um, you have an executive in your, uh, almost like country, your company, um, talk on your podcast about what yeah. is important to your buyers. Maybe you have an AMA that's live and then you stick it on the podcast, yeah. get some audience input, right? Pick a lane and go with it. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. And then once you have the podcast, 
chop it up into video, into quotes. Um, I don't do this, but you could put it on a blog. Um, one thing we're exploring, it'll probably be the next like stack of growth that we take is YouTube. And it's not for getting found. It's more of we put all our long form content there in video form because we're not using it currently. We just use the chopped videos. And then, yeah, it's like a online blog and then maybe people will find, but it's like the hub that people can go to. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of options with it. And you just need to find a lane, find out what is important to your buyers first and foremost. And you get that talking to your buyers yeah. and then creating value for them. Don't talk about what you think is cool. Yeah. You have to find out what is important to them and then offer value because probably other people are talking about the same thing, but how can you do it better and be more engaging? And that's yeah. my advice for that. Nice. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. That's like super, because it, sometimes it feels daunting um, mm -hmm. launching a podcast and you see how every, uh, other people do it when they chopping up the stuff and you're like, I don't like, I think I could do it. Like other people have figured this out. I'm like, I mm -hmm. could figure it. I can figure it out too. But yeah, it does feel sometimes daunting. Um, it's pretty time consuming to be honest. Um, and again, we're not the best at distributing content. We could do way better. Yeah. Um, we take maybe one clip from the podcast uh, and put it out and we just know that people will eventually find it. Um, and we could but do a lot more. Yeah. But that one clip still works. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, and this is for me, right? Cause like I came from a writing, right? Like that's kind of, um, my background. And so uh, podcast, it feels kind of new and different, um, mm -hmm. in some ways. So that's good to know that it's also time consuming. Um, you're talking yeah. about like, just like the planning and, like all the logistics, not just like the recording that goes into it, but um, all the stuff kind of around it. The biggest, most time consuming part about a podcast would have to be distribution because yeah. you chopping up the podcast into one to 10 pieces of content takes a lot of time. Recording the podcast on Zoom and then literally throwing it into GarageBand and slapping an intro and outro on it takes 10 minutes upload it to anchor for free and you're good to go. That's really simple. It's getting it out there. That takes a while, whether you turn it into a long form blog, yeah. you optimize it on YouTube for long uh, SEO. Again, um, you chop it up into five videos and three text posts. Like that is where the time consuming part yeah. comes in. You can do it for free, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Well, the, the good news is I'm getting paid full time to, to figure that out. I don't, yeah. I'm not like, I, I assume you're not like you're doing more than just marketing, uh, for your company. Mm -hmm. and so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure it's, uh, it's tough when you've got sort of like your second job and then you still have to do like your actual job, but it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, what's cool, cool for me, what's cool for me is I'm in a nice place where we have a dev team. Um, we have 13 developers that take care of oh, all nice. of our builds. So I don't have to worry about operations. Um, I'm actually 100% over sales and marketing. So it has freed up my awesome. time. I mean, early, early, early days, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we were in, in the weeds doing all that. But um, it's great because I can focus my time on, on growth, the podcast, yeah. LinkedIn, and sitting down and doing the sales. I mean, we don't have to do outbound. That's not something that we've chosen to do. So <laughs> I can handle everything when it comes to sales. So there's, there's no reason I can't do that. Nice.
Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Any other um, questions? I think we have time for a couple more if you want to. Time for a couple more. All right. I got some um, less, less uh, you know, industry stuff. But, um, more on the personal system. What do you do to decompress when you're not actually uh, uh, working your ass off? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, the thing about LinkedIn is it follows you everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever your phone goes, LinkedIn is. So yeah. um, when it comes to decompressing, I would say... I try to take a walk in the morning to kind of clear my head. A lot of times I'll do like, if I actually go for the full hour, I'll do 30 minutes with a book or a podcast and then 30 minutes without just to kind of think. Um, I love just being silent in a car. That's got to be the best. And then another way I enjoy uh, decompressing is just watching sports, watching a TV yeah. show and just kind of setting the photo, phone aside. Um, those have to be my, my top options right there. I'm, I'm a big fan of the walk. It's like, I love, uh, it's like starting my morning. It's like drop the kids off at daycare, come mm -hmm. home. And I've got, you know, with no commute now, it's like, I've got that like two hour window between when I like need to be actually at work. Um, and so it's nice to have that space. So like just literally go for a long walk. I don't do audiobooks and, and any of that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I, I like to just be able to think it's like clear my yeah, head it and definitely clears think, your head. Uh, while walking. Um, so big advocate of, uh, of that as well. Um, that's cool. All right. And, and lastly, Elmira, New York. So upstate New York, uh, pro pro what's your take on, uh, speedies? Do you guys have those in Elmira? So it's like, a I don't think thing, right. I'm pretty sure it's a Binghamton thing because yeah. they are huge, huge foodie like area. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you talking like chicken speedy sort of thing? Yeah, or? chicken speedies. Yeah, like the. I don't know. I had my like, friends from Binghamton, and like yeah. it just whenever I would go there, it was just like, oh my god, this is delicious. Like, like upstate New York has like a randomly decent, uh, like food culture. You know, mm -hmm. like, it doesn't get yeah. talked about, but it's like they have like so many weird between like Buffalo and Rochester. Um, and then like the Binghamton, it's like that whole area. It's like uh, the Binghamton area, especially uh, like Vestal um, yep. Binghamton area. They have like really good food. And it's like raved about Elmira, not so much, but as for chicken, like speedy, I do enjoy it. And it's funny because I, I kind of get it mixed up with stuff. Like I don't understand what it is, but I know I've had it and I enjoy it. So I, I tell my wife like, oh, I love the chicken speedy night, but it's like chicken Alfredo or something. She's like, was not speedy. <laughs> It drives her nuts, but that's about my take on it. But actually that reminds me that I need to get out to Binghamton. It's about an hour from us. And, uh, there's, I've heard such good things about their food everywhere over there. So, yeah, it's, I just remember I had, uh, my friends from Binghamton would used to send me, uh, they would make like the speedy sauce. And, mm -hmm. and this is like after we graduated and they would just ship it to me. Uh, cause it's just like so good. Um, yeah. like lamb marinate any meat in it. And it's uh, just, you have you hungry, man. That's funny. Before we go, uh, my wife is actually flying in from uh, North Carolina today. I'm picking her up in Rochester nice. and our anniversary was yesterday. So we're going to get dinner up there. I've heard some really good food spots up in Rochester. So that's where I'm heading right after this. <laughs> nice. I, uh, this is not somewhere you should um, take take your wife for an anniversary dinner. But the I just remember like um, this place called like Nick Tahoe's. I don't even know if it still exists. And they have this thing called huh. like the garbage plate. And it's uh, oh my, 
we posted on Facebook last night and someone recommended that place with the garbage plate. Okay. That it so, probably still exists. It's, it's yeah. literally legendary. <laughs> uh, again, I would not take your wife there for an anniversary dinner. <laughs> uh, but if you're ever back in the Rochester area, it's just you and, and your friends. Uh, I, it's just, it's like a big plate of like stuff. Like hamburgers and mac and cheese and all and it just all gets mixed together it's like the perfect like hangover late night uh eating um so yeah you should should check awesome. that place out if you can sweet man i've heard i've heard a couple of good things about that so that's cool um awesome james well thanks so much for hopping on the podcast yeah, with man. me um this was a great topic we again like it seems like we haven't talked about just like how to talk to customers. So this was yeah, a nice. really good chat about this Thanks. and uh, good job being the podcast host at the end too. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It's good, good practice for, for the future. So I appreciate hey, there it. You go. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man.